I'm recording again. Me too. Oh, cool. Amazing. Yeah, we're we're all being recorded. Don't say anything bad. <laughs> Big Brother's <laughs> watching. Actually, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to say bad things. This will be a normal podcast length, so don't don't let it all out at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> save some bad stuff. Yeah, save some of your bad words for later. Okay. All right, I'll write a list down. <laughs> all the bad words I know. Anyway, this is Rock Hard Caucus, the first and last only podcast from Iowa. Any, if any other podcasts tell you that they are from the state of Iowa, it's a fraud. They're lying. Fake to news. You. Yeah, we need to trademark that. The, the only <laughs> podcast in Iowa. They're probably from Illinois or some shit. Yeah, fucking Wisconsin, Minnesota. Uh, what else borders us? Nebraska, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, we got a little bit of a border with South Dakota. Is that everything? I think that's uh, all. Are those yeah. all the states? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think we touch Kansas. Geography right? lessons. <laughs> Do we share a corner with Kansas? No. Does that count? No. Okay. No, we don't. Okay, good. Uh, if you're just tuning in, my name is Justin. Uh, today, I'm joined by Evan. Hi. And Stella is back. Yes. A. Less cool, less smart version of Natalie who has worse takes. She says the same thing about yeah, you. Yeah, I don't know she's... if you've noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just say the other member of the toxic feminine mystique. Mm-hmm. So each time you refer to each other, you just get lower and lower. You're digging a hole for each other. I think that's the only way that Midwestern women can elevate other women is to... <laughs> Self-deprecation. Denigrate themselves. <laughs> yes. Cover themselves in shit. <laughs> uh, before we get down to business, uh, Stella, how are you doing? It's been a while since we've had you on the show. Things are going okay. I mean, personally, things are fine. I've been in quarantine for several months, and that's honestly been fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just you know, trying to escape the ever-impending sense of ennui and crippling depression and anxiety that are symptoms of living in our toxic society. Damn, that's deep. <laughs> Listen, super, um, super impressed with your activism and with everything Natalie told us. She kind of, when everything was going on in Minneapolis, she was kind of keeping us all updated, but mm-hmm. Listening to the last Rock Hard Caucus episode, I just realized how incredible she is and like just completely floored that she experienced all that and that she was she was there to help people like that's incredible. It was kind of nice to have uh, a couple weeks before we recorded her talking about that because right afterwards uh, she was very tired and uh, yeah. probably would have recorded herself saying some illegal things that would get us in trouble so <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i can't imagine doing that and then like just going back to your normal life you know <laughs> yeah. like immediately yeah. like the next like she was back to work on like monday after that the protest yeah. wasn't she so yeah yeah yeah. dang braver than me <laughs> the brief taste of police brutality that i saw made me think like oh man i can never be normal again uh, and she saw a lot worse so <laughs> yeah yeah, well, it's crazy what happened in Iowa City and in Coralville. I mean, it's 
someone left a toilet at the Coralville police station <laughs> and then they shut the fucking town down for like two <laughs> well, weeks. The the toilet came after the uh, the curfew, but <laughs> Oh <laughs> <laughs> The toilet was a reaction to the curfew. The curfew was a reaction to a uh, broken window at the tires plus. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Some minor looting at the Walmart, and I think a little bit of chalk in front of the police department. Yeah, we did the chalk, uh, The f- I think the first or second night of curfew is when that happened. And they washed it away the next morning because they cannot handle light chalk criticism. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just an excuse to move on to the more permanent stuff, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. No one's taken that step yet here in Coralville, but... Anyone listening, I did not commit any crimes, and I'm not going to commit any crimes. I heard you were preventing crimes. <laughs> Stella, we were we were going to uh, record last night, but something happened with your car. Is that right? Yeah. Um. So, like most people who are trying to be good quarantiners, quarantines. <laughs> <laughs> with two E's, teens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a Z. <laughs> I have not been driving my car at all. I think I've filled up my car like once since early March and I yeah, like too. haven't used a full tank of gas. Like I'm still at a half tank. Um, and I took my car out yesterday, take my dogs to the park. And uh, after we did like our walk, we came back to the car and it just would not turn over. So I think my battery is toast. I am not a car person. I was like all these people, not a lot of people, like people are still pretty good about social distancing. I think, um, but people were like walking by me, like sitting in my driver's seat with the like hood popped. And I'm just like holding the owner's manual to my car, like <laughs> frantically, like paging through it. Like there's got to be a page that tells me what to do in this situation. <laughs> but there wasn't a page that um, said, call your partner and have him come get you. That's what <laughs> I ended up doing. And that's kind of what helped. <laughs> yeah. You got to check the table of contents for the the section called car doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) get help so is your car still over there wherever you No. so um gave it a jump and that helped it get started again um was able to limp it home and it's just been sitting in my garage ever since i haven't tried to start it again i haven't like there's really no rush i mean i'll get it to the mechanic at some point it's probably just a dead battery hopefully that's the extent of it yeah yeah Well, that gives us a very nice segue into today's episode, because the theme of everything I have selected for us is cars. Cool cars. Tonight, a special report on cars. I'm Dr. Steve Brule with a special report on cool cars. This is the coolest assignment I've ever had. I love cars. It's It's the Pixar movie. Yes, (laughs) Cars 2. This is our review of the Cars series. We're tackling all three of the Cars movies. Tomater, talking about (laughs) Lightning McQueen. Yes, and some of the lesser Cars as well. I definitely remember all the other ones. Those are the two that I know of after having never seen any of the movies. Yeah, I saw Cars 2 in the theater, just so you guys know. (laughs) Oh, real aficionado here. Mm -hmm. Let me bring up my spreadsheet of movies that Justin has seen in the theater and add that one to row 417. (laughs) (laughs) I'll show you my ticket stub collection featuring (laughs) Cars 2 from the year 2011, 12? I don't remember. (laughs) It was definitely, definitely Obama administration. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I was working at a daycare and we took the kids to see it. I I did not really enjoy it, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the group chat, we were discussing whether the cars in the eponymous film how they defecate and I, w- I would assume it would just be like a typical like a regular car is just constantly you know <laughs> <laughs> the exhaust is just constantly coming out um mm-hmm. one time in high school at washington our science teacher mr we did like an experiment where we went out to the parking lot just to see like how how much a car's exhaust actually put out. And so he put a condom on the <laughs> end of a car exhaust pipe and then turned on the car to see how fast it would, you know, fill up. And it immediately exploded. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can't believe he got away with that. <laughs> I think is is he one of the ones who got away with more than that? I, I might cut this, I think but. he actually was not. Yeah, okay. I think he's one of the few teachers who did not fuck his student. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think I might have gotten him confused with someone else because I was under the impression, but I'm probably wrong. Oh, it might gosh. Have been, uh, the other guy who taught science. It was. It. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> was also one of the yeah. teachers. Really? Yeah, I heard that rumor, too, but thankfully not about Mr. We've mostly avoided this subject on the show, but uh, most of the people involved with Rock Hard Caucus went to the same high school, and uh, there's there was a bit of a, a string of teachers who had sex or did everything except sex with students. Uh, that, that could be a, a real fun mega episode someday. Yeah, I think most parents at you know other high schools in the area would say, oh, don't forget your lunch when kids went off to school, but Washington parents had to be like... Don't forget your condoms. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to get pregnant from your teachers. Back to cars. Um, I, <laughs> I, wow. I was talking to to Alan before we started recording because he's our resident car guy. And he has this message for us. All cars are bad. So ACAB. That's Alan's message to us and to the listeners. I'll agree with that. Public transportation would be much better if we had... Uh you know, adequate ones in this country. For sure. Why didn't we, why didn't we do that? I feel like at some point we probably had that option and um, we went with... Just an honest mistake. (laughs) We went with millions of cars. (laughs) Yeah, and very spread out cities and suburbs. Interesting. Someone dropped the ball on that day. Not an intentional decision by anyone who could have benefited financially from such a choice. Not in America. (laughs) To get started on today's journey, the other day I googled officer involved shooting Iowa because I was figuring I could probably put a whole episode or several episodes together just on that subject because Iowa is of course not immune to the plague of police shooting and killing people. And uh, I found one story in particular that relates pretty well to recent events. And uh, I'll warn you right now, the subject of this article is dead. He gets killed by police in the course of this story. So it does not have a happy ending, but there's a lot of information before we get to the death. So I'm just going to start reading. This is from the Clinton Herald. So it's Clinton, Iowa. Uh, And this is just from earlier this year. This was published April 30th, 2020 by Charlene Bielema. The headline is County Attorney, Officer Cleared in Fatal Shooting. 
this is, uh, you know, as to be expected, the officer shot someone to death and is not facing any consequences. So let's get into the details here. A Clinton police officer was justified in fatally shooting an eluding driver during a chase in early April, according to Clinton County Attorney Mike Wolf, who announced his decision Thursday in a statement sent to Clinton's police chief and Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation agents. Mike Wolf. It's a good attorney name, in my opinion. It used to be uh, Mike Cuddly Little Lamb, but then he changed it when he got his uh, JD. <laughs> Uh, if you are changing your name, do you get a discount if you're a cop? Or any kind of um, <laughs> like public employee? I yeah. don't know. That'd be interesting. <laughs> That'd be a perk for or sure. Maybe, maybe you can like like cheat and do it all yourself because you have access <laughs> to the system. Yeah, Ooh. you just get on get on the intranet one morning and then quickly change it. Sounds like the makings of a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the password to the name-changing database is admin. <laughs> I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> okay. The death of 38-year-old Jacob Daw, it's D-A-U, was a justifiable homicide. No criminal charges will be filed against Clinton police officer Ryan Livesay, L-I-V-E-S-A-Y. And the case is considered closed, Wolf said. Jacob Daw, the person who was killed by police. Uh, this is a story about a white guy, just for added context. Everyone's white who's involved? I believe so, yes. Okay. The chase happened late April 7th when Daw led officers on a chase from Clinton into Comanche and back to Clinton. Is that how you say the name of that town? Comanche? These are all really small towns, so I never have to talk about them. Uh, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it ended when Livesay, who had set up stop sticks, was standing on a bike path near US 30-67 uh, on Clinton's west end and believed Daw was on a mission to kill Livesay after he drove the car over a curb about 50 feet from the officer. Livesay fired his weapon 17 times at the car with one bullet entering Daw's upper left torso. Daw was transported to Mercy One, Clinton, and later died of his injuries. Uh, the DCI, acting on a request from the Clinton Police Department, immediately started an investigation into the events of that night and forwarded its findings to the Clinton County Attorney's Office, which was tasked with investigating the use of deadly force. Wolf said the sole purpose of his review was to determine if the officer-involved shooting and Daw's subsequent death were legally justified. He said he used several factors in making his decision. Among them were the relevant background information on Daw, including his criminal history and any previous encounters with law enforcement, information relating to law enforcement contact with Daw on April 7th, information detailing the actions and decisions of law enforcement during the entire encounter with Daw, and information gathered by the Iowa State Patrol investigation. In part of <laughs> considering whether it was okay that a cop shot a guy to death, it's considered relevant background information, the guy's criminal history. I'm not really sure that that should be weighed too heavily. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely not. No, you should have a... It's it's absolutely mind-boggling to think that past 
criminal, you know, convictions, of course, all of that is always going to be on your record and you're always going to be judged for that. I have gotten pulled over so many times and because I've never gotten an actual ticket, I've gotten away with like all these warnings. Oh yeah. I've had cops say to me like, well, I'm going to go run your license and based on what I see there, I'm going to determine what happens next. And because I have no, no speeding tickets, then nothing happens. This has happened to me, I want to say, maybe five or six times. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing on my record. And I've, you know, cops have explicitly said that to me. So <laughs> it just goes to show that, like, if one cop who is, you know, racist, just even considering, like, maybe there's one cop who's racist, <laughs> right? That gets on your record one single time. And then your all of your interactions with the police are affected by that going forward. Yeah. Like, that's completely unfair. Like, maybe it's okay for them to shoot you next time. <laughs> yeah, maybe they can shoot at you 17 fucking times. Also, like, right. wasn't this in the middle of a police chase? Like, did he even get out of the car or, like, have time to even know what the guy's criminal background was? Uh, no, he definitely would not have Yeah, so, like, how is that relevant <laughs> anyway? Yeah, in that's any, a really like, good point. Yeah, like, if he the cop didn't know, then why would it even make a fucking difference? Yeah. Not that it should, either, like you said. Yeah. The article does get a little bit more into Dawes' history. Among that information, Wolf said, was the fact that at the time of his death on April 7th, Daw was to have been at a Salvation Army program in Davenport under supervision of the Iowa Department of Corrections, but had left the program without permission. Daw's current probation officer said Daw was enrolled in the program to address specific issues. He was to be in the program for six months to a year. He entered the program on March 13th and walked out of the program five days later on March 18th. The probation officer learned on March 23rd that Daw had left the program and tried to get Daw revoked from the program. Sounds like he revoked himself. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, That was unable to be accomplished because of restrictions as the result of the coronavirus pandemic, according to Wolf's report. Daw had been told that if he left the program, he would face incarceration. Okay. Uh, They don't really give any details on why he was in this program, but I think later we'll figure out what was happening. Investigators interviewed a close friend of Daw who spent time with Daw after he had run from the Salvation Army program. He indicated that Daw did not want to go back to prison. Understandable. Indicated Daw was not happy in the weeks leading up to his death. Also, yes, clearly, uh, and stated that in the days leading up to the fatal shooting incident, he and Daw had discussed the possibility of Daw purchasing a vehicle, which in his friend's mind was cursed due to his friend knowing the previous owners had died in the vehicle. He recalled Daw stating, maybe that's why I want it, suggesting that Daw was considering his own death. This is a hell of a paragraph. (laughs) Yeah, shit. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, those programs are, are fucking horrible. And that, that shit happens all the time. People walking out of halfway houses and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's again a result of the fucking system being a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So he was in this Salvation Army. And the Salvation Army also. <laughs> Why are they involved in this? Yeah, that's, yeah, I forgot about that aspect. <laughs> <laughs> so he was in some Salvation Army program. Uh, I'm sure it was not particularly helpful to addressing his his issues he ditched uh he had emotional and mental issues uh and then he i guess wanted a cursed car 
and was sounds like considering uh, ending his life. The circumstances that Da had left the Salvation Army program would provide an explanation as to why Da chose to elude officers and fail to stop, Wolf wrote. Additionally, his, mo- his possible mindset would explain why Da drove his vehicle at an armed officer. Okay, so he didn't want to go back to jail, so he fled the scene of uh, being pulled over. Yeah, I think this really kind of underscores Iowa, especially rural Iowa, a place like Clinton. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of you know, mental health support for people who are feeling suicidal or who are feeling very depressed, like it sounds like this person was. Well, they probably would have turned him back in, like, <laughs> if, he done, if he did, yeah. you know, reach out for that. They would have mm-hmm. found out that he had skipped out on this other program. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All right, so here they get into the details of, like, when he got pulled over. Uh, Daw had contact with police around 10.45 p.m. on April 7th when an on-duty Clinton police officer initiated a vehicle stop of a 2010 gray Honda Accord, driven by Daw, whom the officer said was barred from driving. The report said Daw refused to stop, and a vehicle pursuit took place throughout the city area of Clinton and Comanche, Wolf wrote that while the details of the pursuit are lengthy, quote, part of my determination is premised upon whether the high-speed pursuit posed an actual and imminent threat to the lives of any pedestrians or bystanders, to other drivers, or to the officers involved in the pursuit. The pursuit that he was participating in? (laughs) Right. Who would it have been a high-speed pursuit (laughs) had he not been pursued? So where is the potential danger coming from? I mean, I get that the guy walked out of some sort of program and was not supposed to be driving, but who is being endangered if you just let him go? Yeah. Like, you know where he is, and you know what car he's driving, versus having him drive faster and have several other vehicles follow him at high speeds (laughs) in the dark in a rural area. It's allowed to, like, give up a little bit (laughs) it seems like there's maybe safer alternatives yeah that's like a thing too like there's a bunch of like innocent bystanders who get hurt or killed from like police chases and i mean i I know that in some cases yeah like the cops do like depending on location or whatever or their particular department do just like give up on them because they're like most of the time, it's not in the interest of public safety to even exactly chase after someone like that because it's just going to cause a bigger mess than whatever issue that was they're getting pulled over to begin with. Right. You're escalating the danger involved without really any necessary benefit. <laughs> I think you're drawing a parallel here between some of the protests that we've seen here where cops are. <laughs> oh, yeah. They love to damage their own cars, you know. <laughs> they're all about that that's like a badge of honor like oh look i got into a high-speed chase and i fucked up the fucking bumper on my suv yep we'll have to buy a new one a new better one (laughs) they just love to needlessly accelerate or you know make a situation worse and potentially more violent (laughs) Mm -hmm. when it was reported that the pursuit was headed towards comanche wolf wrote officer ryan livesay knew exactly where the pursuit was at the time, because he was very familiar with the area. 
He's just brilliant. Just <laughs> the smartest cop on the force. <laughs> As the locations of the pursuit were being called out, Livesay stated that he was close to Billion Automotive and far away from the pursuit, so he was not going to go out of his jurisdiction at that point and enter the pursuit. As a result, Livesay deactivated his emergency lights and thought about what direction the pursuit could take. Are you telling me this cop, his entire territory to guard is the billion automotive lot? (laughs) (laughs) Must protect. (laughs) He felt one possibility was that the pursuit could come back into town from Highway 67, which was a very busy intersection with Highway 30. Wolf wrote, At this location, there was a Quickstar gas station, a car dealership, the Billion Auto, and a lot of people that traveled in and out of the intersection on a daily basis. After Officer Livesay turned right onto Highway 67, which goes right into Comanche, he parked his squad car just to the south of the Billion Auto entrance on 67. At that time, another officer stated on the radio that the pursuit was coming towards Livesay's location. Upon hearing this traffic, Livesay got on the radio and stated his badge number and then stated that he was at the Quickstar and then exited his patrol vehicle, retrieved his stop sticks, and ran east across US-67. Uh, do you guys know what stop sticks are? Yep, they uh, puncture tires, right? Well, I forgot to look it up, so I was actually asking. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like spike strips, isn't it? Is it the same thing? Okay, I wasn't sure, because I'm guessing. Not, I don't... not familiar with that terminology. I've never heard that term either. Stop sticks. Let's Google it. We yes, have the technology. It is. Yeah, it's a world's leading tire deflation device for high-speed pursuits. <laughs> okay, so it's a spike strip. Yes. All right. When describing the area where he was going to set up his sticks, Officer Livesay stated that there was five lanes of traffic, which included two lanes of southbound traffic and two lanes of northbound traffic, Wolf wrote. I really appreciate all these details. In addition, there was a northbound turn lane, which allowed a person to turn into the truck stop, followed by a bike path on the east side of the road, and then a ditch. We've all seen highways before. I think this is painting a very vivid picture for us. Someone was a creative writing major. (laughs) (laughs) Officer Livesay's plan was to use the ditch as cover in the event of an emergency. In some, Officer Livesay parked his squad by the Billion Auto entrance on Highway 67, and then he positioned himself close to the truck stop entrance into the Quickstar gas station. Wolf wrote that as Livesay was setting up his stop sticks, there was a pickup truck parked on the shoulder facing north, so Livesay waved that truck on as he felt it was in a dangerous position due to the pursuit. Once the truck was gone, Officer Livesay observed headlights coming over the hill south of town, and was trying to determine if it was the suspect vehicle that was coming at him. Officer Livesay stated it appeared to be a small sedan and fit the description of the suspect vehicle, and in addition was being followed by several patrol vehicles with emergency lights and sirens activated. I think you found it. You spotted it. All the cops following it are a good indicator. (laughs) As the suspect vehicle appeared to be traveling at a high rate of speed and coming towards him, Officer Livesay stated on the radio that he was deploying stop sticks, and at that time, he threw the sticks onto the roadway, covering a portion of each of the northbound lanes. As the suspect vehicle continued coming down the hill at a high rate of speed, followed by the squads, Officer Livesay observed the suspect vehicle quickly decelerate, squeal its tires, and then swerve all over the road. When this happened, Officer Livesay stated that he was not sure if the suspect vehicle was trying to avoid his stop sticks, And because everything was happening so fast, he was thinking of what his next step should be. 
when the suspect vehicle did not hit the stop sticks, Officer Livesay observed the suspect vehicle turn in his direction, and once it was pointed towards him, he could very clearly hear the vehicle accelerate in a very rapid manner, trying to pick up speed as fast as possible. When Officer Livesay determined that he had nowhere else to go and was going to be hit by the suspect, he made the decision to use deadly force to stop the threat. He then drew his service weapon and aimed it at Daw's vehicle with the purpose of stopping the threat. At 10.57 and 51 seconds p.m., Livesay's body cam records the first shot is fired at the suspect vehicle. Yes, that's right. We have body cam footage of this interaction. The suspect vehicle is observed traveling on the easternmost side of the bike path, and Livesay is on the bike path as well. The video shows Livesay fired 17 times as the car was upon his position, arriving at and going past his position. The video shows there were no pauses in the gunfire once Livesay began firing. At 10.57.56 p.m., the camera showed that this is when the last shot was fired. So there's five seconds between the first and last shot. 17 shots. The video shows the suspect vehicle had traveled through the west entrance of Quickstar and came to a rest in a water-filled ditch just west of the Quickstar's semi-truck weighing scales. Okay, I've watched the video. Uh, The audio is not uh, indicative of anything, so I'm not going to play it now. But from what I'm seeing, the car was not going to hit this guy. Well, and if if the car was going to hit him or was on the path to hit him, then how is like shooting at the driver going to like protect you anyway? The car has momentum behind it. It's not if you kill the driver, then it's going to continue in the path. Yeah, it's not like (laughs) it's not like fucking Grand Theft Auto. Right. The description that Wolf offers is the car is like barreling down on him and his only course of action is to kill the driver yes but, that's that's what they want people to think yeah it sounds like a, there was enough space and enough time though where perhaps this wasn't yeah i watched the like, wouldn't watched you the, shoot at the tires like the original point of deploying the spike strips I yeah know. i i watched the body cam footage like i said um from what i can see like the gunfire does not start until the car is like next to him like i'm sure he was afraid because a guy was speeding up a car very close to him. But I don't think... If the guy is fleeing a bunch of cop cars, I don't think running over a person is really like uh, furthering his goals to getting away from the police. I don't think that was what he was trying to do. Uh, the The gunfire doesn't start until the, the car is like right next to him. And, I mean, I'd probably say 16 out of 17 of those shots are like through the back of the car as it's well past him and no longer a threat to his person mm-hmm. and going into a ditch where it's probably going to have to stop regardless you know at that point Livesay did not know if the suspect was going to come back and continue to use his vehicle in a deadly manner or was armed he was not going to be able to turn the car around that's what i'm saying from seeing the video uh, Livesay then ran toward the suspect vehicle to make contact with the driver. There were already several units and squads at the same position, giving commands for the driver of the suspect vehicle to show his hands. Some officers had their weapons drawn, and as Livesay approached the vehicle, he continued to hear officers giving verbal commands to the driver to show his hands. When Livesay got close to the driver, he holstered his duty weapon and transitioned to his taser. As the driver was being detained outside of the car, Officer Lives. Officer Livesay observed a gunshot wound in the upper back region of the suspect, and other officers started yelling for a medical bag and ambulance to be en route to their location. 
He was taken to Mercy One, where he died. An autopsy determined he had been shot once, with that bullet entering his upper torso on the left side. Throughout the course of the search and examination of the vehicle, several items of evidentiary value were located, Wolf wrote. They included a black Ruger brand backpack containing several items to include, but not limited to, small packaging containers containing a substance consistent in appearance to crystal methamphetamine, drug paraphernalia, a nickel-plated revolver-style Remington 1875 replica BB-slash-pellet gun, (laughs) That was loaded to capacity with six rounds of wind gun 700 ammunition and a dagger. This backpack was located in the front passenger seat of the vehicle. So this guy's not even driving around with a real gun. It's a pellet gun. Uh, And I'm assuming that the drugs are the reason he was in that Salvation Army program. Probably the whole reason he has a criminal record at all. That's probably, uh, that's fair, I think. I'm making some assumptions, but given... Given the evidence, I'd say that this guy has a drug problem, and that led to this kind of life. Potentially, too, the reason why he thought he could outrun the cops. I don't know if they did, like, a toxicology report on him or anything, but... Yeah. Yeah, he could have been under the influence, and... I'll continue. We'll see what they have to say about that. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Later on Wednesday, April 15th, a follow-up search of the vehicle by investigators located what appeared to be a black and gray revolver-style handgun, positioned upside down within the vehicle's center console compartment. Upon further examination, the item was determined to be a SNR-357 revolver-style six-shot pellet-slash-BB gun, loaded with five rounds of unmarked ammunition. Again, not a real gun. Man, Alan would have loved this, too, talking about guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they had the orange uh, safety uh, the tip barrel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another shout out to Alan. I think that he has also read a book about um, crystal meth and the Third Reich. That <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I heard an interview with the author where this is very tangential. I don't mean to get us off topic, um, but apparently... The Nazis were doing a bunch of meth, and that's like one of the reasons they were able to invade and um, overtake like French armies. The French were given all of the French troops were given like a half a bottle of red wine per day. Yeah, they were and just so too busy all... drinking wine and smoking cigarettes, <laughs> eating baguettes, and uh... <laughs> um, but these like Nazis were all on methamphetamine, which like course keeps you up it allows you to keep fighting and it also affects like your empathy levels so you just Mm -hmm. become a more ruthless killer as well so shout out to alan we've talked about all of his interests today (laughs) (laughs) cars guns and nazis (laughs) alan you should have been here to defend yourself (laughs) in his conclusion wolf said In the instant an officer has to make a decision to shoot, he must process the situation and circumstances before him in his own mind, independent of other officers. The decision must be made quickly at the time the threat is perceived. There is no time to consult other officers concerning a decision to shoot or not shoot. In this particular incident, Livesay was objectively reasonable in firing his weapon to neutralize the threat posed by Daw. Daw presented a deadly threat. When it appeared Da chose to drive his vehicle at the officer, the reaction of the officer in defending himself or others had to be made in a split second. Who are the others being defended? 
Yeah, for real. You're standing alone on the fucking bike lane. It's <laughs> also there are no like others attached. You to could this. just run and like run to the ditch, like yeah, get he, out of he the way. He could have taken three steps to the side, maybe. Uh, also, I mean, we we know that police training, when it comes to uh, firing your weapon, is often dis- it often desensitizes the people in this role to shoot first. Yeah. Ask questions later. Yeah. Like, this is your job. If <laughs> if you pull the gun out, you better kill someone. One of the most disturbing, I mean, there's so much that's disturbing about George Floyd's murder. But I remember there's this uh, recording of one of the men who was like one of the trainers or consultants who has provided like police training in the Minneapolis area talking Mm -hmm. about how basically if you're a police officer like you should be ready to live with yourself after Mm -hmm. you've killed someone and to start thinking about that now and like (laughs) that's exactly what I'm talking about like they yeah they train them to be ready to kill and often eager to kill yeah it makes it easy when you know that there's going to be very limited consequences if any yeah Totally. It's a different part of your brain, too, I would argue. Like, being in that very primitive, like, lizard brain area (laughs) where you're just, like, you have to neutralize a threat and kill someone. And that's the only option that you see. Like, it takes more time and more processing to figure out, like, no, I can just, like, move over here or I can try to talk this person down human to human, you know? Like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, they also teach officers, like, you are constantly under threat. Like, yes. any yeah, person yeah. that you pull over could be holding a weapon. Like, they could hurt you. That, like, you have to approach every situation like it's the most dangerous that it could possibly be. While the knife culture continues to hone its skills, some officers still commit one tactical error after another. By failing to assess the real dangers by using ineffective and dangerous deployment, and by underestimating the degree of threat. Yep, and you are one of the stronger and better people in this society because you can handle killing any threat. You're not a weakling who would care if you took human life. You're strong. You have the Punisher logo on your car. You're just, you're just like Frank Castle. Who is cool? Yeah, not You're a the criminal. Only thing standing between <laughs> like the whole point of that character, society and anarchy, baby. Like <laughs> thin blue line. Yes. <laughs> In the mind of Livesay, this threat was reasonably present through and including the moment that last shot was fired. Livesay had no reason to believe that Daw wanted to stop. Livesay had no reason to believe Daw would fail to run him over or continue to endanger others until he neutralized Daw. Any death at the hands of law enforcement is tragic and regrettable. No police officer ever wishes to fire their weapon at another human being. Unfortunately, police officers are at times placed in untenable positions by persons they encounter. Daw left Livesay no other reasonable alternative under the circumstances than to shoot. Uh, So, I, I mean, based on what we were talking about, Right before I read that, I think we have a bit of a disagreement with, uh, what was his name, Mike Wolf? Whatever this guy, Mr. Wolf. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I have also viewed the evidence, and I say all of that is wrong. (laughs) He's definitely a lawyer. Like, (laughs) 
it's kind of shitty that um, this journalist is just basically publishing this lawyer's press release yeah. for the public. Yeah. I mean, this is to be expected, I guess. She's just passing along information, you know? Um, yep. I will include a link to this article in the episode description if you would like to see the body cam footage for yourself. It's not, like, gory or anything, but you do see somebody shooting 17 rounds into a car as it's driving past them. But you don't see any blood or the human being who takes the bullet. Okay, so as I said before I started reading that, I found this story to be relevant to some recent uh, events that took place in Des Moines. Oh, I see, regarding uh, cars being used as weapons? Right, yeah, cars. uh, If it's reasonable for you to kill someone who is driving a car towards you, uh, I mean, if you're a cop, it sounds like the answer is yes. It is completely reasonable to fire 17 shots at somebody who's driving a car towards or near you. I believe, dear listeners, that we've reached the larger point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this is sort of an after-the-fact article about what happened. Uh, But this is coming to us from the Iowa Capital Dispatch. Not a website that I'm familiar with, but the person who wrote this is Lynn Ta. L-I-N-H is the first name. T-A is the last name. And their headline is, Iowa business terminates employee who drove through high V protesters in Des Moines. So here we see kind of the other side of this. Uh, this is a, a civilian driving a vehicle into other civilians. And we'll see how, how, uh, how this situation is framed and whether we think the person driving the car deserves to be shot and killed. An Iowa business announced on Twitter that it terminated an employee who drove through a group of protesters at the Park Avenue Hy-Vee in Des Moines on Saturday. Wyckoff Heating and Cooling, an HVAC company based out of Carlisle, announced on Twitter Monday that it cut ties with Jeff Boucher or Boucher. Either way, I think it's a good name. Jeff Boucher. Uh, He was identified by protesters as the driver of a pickup truck who accelerated forward through a group of protesters. I would just like to note that this story was picked up by the Daily Mail. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I would like to know that this Hy-Vee is like five blocks from my house, and that's where I usually go Mm -hmm. um, since they closed down the fairway, which I much preferred. I probably will not be shopping at that Hy-Vee in the future. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is from Wyckoff, the company that he worked for. (laughs) Their Twitter display name is Wyckoff Comfort. (laughs) <laughs> makes I mean it makes me think of masturbation. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> oh my god. I think that's you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a you thing. Um HVAC companies love to talk about comfort. <laughs> Whack off comfort. <laughs> His actions over the weekend were unacceptable and do not represent the values Wyckoff has built our business on, according to the tweet. The company also said in a statement that it will work on educating its employees, so, quote, something like this doesn't happen again. Okay, that's fine. Not going to read the whole tweet. Not that interesting. Here they get into what actually happened. On Saturday, dozens of protesters gathered at Hy-Vee on Saturday afternoon to condemn the company following a social media post from a former employee who said she did not feel supported at work, particularly as she started attending Des Moines Black Lives Matter events. So this is the reason that the hy V is being protested. I mean, we know hy V is kind of a, a dark presence in Iowa. <laughs> uh, yeah. They, 
they contribute a lot of money to Republican campaigns. Uh, they recently, it seems they've been covering up uh, instances of uh, positive cases of COVID-19 in their employees. Yeah, this store had seven cases. <laughs> Great. Which was also part of the protest, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And their black employees, of course, do not feel like they are being treated properly. Yeah, so this girl, she was on TV, I believe, like KCCI at one of the protests. And then like the day after, they were like, all right, we're not going to like have you be a checker anymore. You're going to like do the <laughs> online shopping, which is like, you know, you're you're out of sight of the rest of the customers. Mm-hmm. And also she had like previously asked for time off to attend one of the protests at the courthouse and was Got told it. like specifically like we pay you to work not to protest <laughs> oh fuck yeah i i retweeted this the other day but they put up like a big banner outside one at least one location that's oh, it's like, not like all of them i think is it at all of them yeah <laughs> it's like inside at least i think a lot of them yeah like they put a up banner this, hanging this from big, the ceiling big black uh banner that's like we donate to Black causes. I don't know the specific. Yeah, wording, one million dollars, like... which is like a total fucking drop in the bucket. You know how much it costs to build like one of those high V stores. <laughs> yeah, their corporate office though, like, is Google wannabe. Like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, it's right next to my work. Uh, protesters created human barriers off Park Avenue to keep vehicles from coming in to shop, diverting them towards a nearby CVS pharmacy parking lot instead. Uh, This is pretty standard at most of the recent protests is people standing in the street and traffic having to divert. Not a big deal. Don't freak out. (laughs) Melody Mercado, a reporter with Who TV, captured a confrontation between the driver, who was later identified as Boucher, and a group of protesters. The video shows him inching closer to the protesters and ultimately driving through the crowd. No injuries were reported. Again, I have watched this video, uh, and having been in similar scenarios recently with angry people in cars pulled up right up in front of protesters and seemingly willing to run them over uh this is a pretty scary video to watch but fortunately i don't yeah. think anybody was actually hurt the truck is fucking huge yeah like oh of a course truck like that <laughs> is enormous <laughs> like that's why they buy those trucks so you can feel like you're uh, invincible <laughs> yeah uh, again, like there's the audio is not really helpful at all, so I'm not going to play it here, but you can find it on Twitter. I'll include a link to this also. And it's pretty scary to see like how willing he is to just run his car into people. Like there's people with their hand, their arms outstretched, like pushing back against his bumper as he accelerates. <laughs> he does not give a fuck. He just keeps going. And no one was blocking him in from behind. Like the whole time people were like, just turn around, just turn around, back up, go away. Like, no one's trying to trap this guy. They're just like, we're blocking this for a reason. Just go away. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Just turn around. Don't be an asshole. This guy really needed to be an asshole, though. <laughs> right. Uh, court filings show a long history of charges against Boucher, including domestic abuse assaults, causing injury or mental illness, operating while intoxicated, and burglary. So, similar to Jacob Daw, this guy also has a criminal record. And it's not all just drug abuse for this guy. There's, you know violent crimes involved yeah especially domestic violence is definitely linked to violent mass murder yeah yeah yeah. so this is a guy who intentionally drove a vehicle into human beings he actually you know made contact with people in this instance uh jacob daw of course did not actually hit anybody and was shot 17 times uh nobody in the protesters crowd uh 
made any attempt to physically harm this guy, Boucher. Uh, he left completely unscathed. Uh, and it says here, no charges have been filed against him for Saturday's incident, according to court records. Des Moines police spokesperson Paul Parizek. He's back. Two episodes in a row mentioning Paul Parizek. Oh, I think we're going to be hearing more from him. <laughs> I think so. He's a rising star in the Rock Hard Caucus universe. <laughs> like I said on the last episode, he's a cool cop. You know, he's a man of the people. <laughs> uh, he said that nobody who was at the scene has reached out to the police department. <laughs> Is that what we're supposed to do? (laughs) (laughs) You know who was at the scene? Uh, Police officers. (laughs) There were cops who witnessed this, uh, but but this guy Boucher uh, didn't really. It didn't warrant seventeen shots into his vehicle and into his torso, like the guy before. Also, acting like a a video on social media isn't enough to open an investigation. Like there has to be a complaint involved (laughs) as well. Like, give me a fucking break, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, this article is three days old. I haven't actually checked in to see if this has progressed any further, but uh, I haven't come across anything since then. Does that logic apply to murders? So if like there's a videotape of a murder, but no one, <laughs> none of the family no members complain and they don't investigate? <laughs> the murder victim didn't complain, so we can't actually follow up on this one. I think a lot of it depends on like who's who did the crime, who suffered from the crime. Uh, mm, interesting. That's, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> it seems to affect uh, the police department's motivation to deal with crimes in general. You are blowing my mind right now. <laughs> um, so there's been a, a bit of a fallout because of the video of what happened. This has affected police departments elsewhere in the state. In fact, I think that my audio clip, I think this is the right time for me to play it for you guys. So this is... Um, from KCCI, this was uh, yesterday that they they put out this article. I'll give you the headline, then I'll play the audio clip for you. Iowa police chief faces backlash over Facebook comment. So we're kind of going back to our roots here, the dangers of uh, social media. <laughs> and I'll let the news anchor here give you some more of the story. At noon, the police chief of the Sioux Rapids Police Department is facing backlash today. It's all over this comment he made on Facebook yesterday. It shows the image of a truck running into protesters. Chief Tim Porter wrote, quote, hit the gas and hang on over the road bumps. Today, Porter issued a statement apologizing and explained what he says happened. It reads in part, quote, I was on another post working and somehow it accidentally was posted on the wrong post. I just want to publicly apologize for my horrible mistake. My posting was a total accident. I don't want to offend anyone. I'm all for peaceful protests, end quote. <laughs> that, that wasn't me. My friend posted that. Sorry. <laughs> I Uh, hate when that happens. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So, again, uh, this is a video of what we just talked about, the the guy Jeff Boucher uh, driving into people at the Hy-Vee, and Tim Porter's comment on Facebook, all caps, again, was, hit the gas and hang on over the road bumps. The human beings that you are killing. (laughs) (laughs) He claims that he meant to post this on another post, so I wonder what... (laughs) It was about Carmageddon. Uh, it was about Carmageddon 64. <laughs> he saw a sale on GOG.com for Carmageddon, and he was excited. <laughs> that's that's got to be it. 
Um, and she didn't give you his full apology post. So let me read that whole thing for you. It's very funny. <laughs> Again, this is Police Chief Tim Porter from Sioux Rapids. Uh, if you're not familiar with Sioux Rapids, it is uh, the child of Sioux City and Cedar Rapids. And it's uh, it's the worst of both cities. <laughs> no, that's uh, it's like somewhere in central Iowa. It's a very small town. I believe the population is around like 700. So this is another... Uh, small town racist police chief his apology post was i have a huge apology to all that saw my facebook page yesterday of myself making a comment about running over a person in the street holding a usa sign someone called me last night and asked me about it i was just surprised myself (laughs) i was on another post working and somehow it accidentally was posted on the wrong post I just want to publicly apologize for my horrible mistake. My posting was a total accident. I don't want to offend anyone. I'm all for peaceful protest. Bad cops getting removed. People that know me know I would never encourage anyone to run over any protester or anyone. I'm for change like everyone. I feel horrible for my mistake. I'm sorry for all the confusion. Jeez. (laughs) It reminds me, I saw a story today about this lady in Missouri who was at a counter protest and she was like, she told the protesters that like, I'm going to teach my grandkids to hate all of you. And then like (laughs) said she like KKK belief or something. And then she made like a video like saying like, I'm so sorry I made such a mistake. And like, she said that she like didn't remember any of it and like, didn't know that she was associating with people who were like proudly displaying the Confederate flag and shit. <laughs> Just the Roseanne. Uh, I was on ambient. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I love how he doesn't even really describe the video correctly either. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> running over a person in the street holding a USA sign? <laughs> I, I, is that what the protesters were doing? <laughs> yeah. I, sounds legit. He's sorry for the confusion. <laughs> <laughs> I was on another post working, and somehow it accidentally was posted on the wrong post. So he was he was working. <laughs> I was over on another Facebook post, you know, doing my job. I was clocked in. I was working. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's I a cop. That is his job, is to go on Facebook and try to find crime. 100%. If I was a resident of Sioux Rapids, I would be proud that my tax dollars were funding this guy dicking around on Facebook. <laughs> um, I, I think that Tim Porter deleted his Facebook profile. I was trying to find him yesterday. There's a lot of Tim Porters on Facebook. And uh, none of the ones I could find seemed to be him. But people did get screenshots like around when he left the comment. Uh, he's got uh, a Trump banner photo. He's very much like what you'd expect. Uh, I don't think that... I mean, I would question his claims that, for example, um, I'm all for bad cops getting removed. I'm for change like everyone. I don't think he really is for change like everyone based on what he was displaying on his profile. Yeah, I believe all the same things those people believe. I mean, why would you think otherwise? <laughs> I'm, I'm with the crowd. I'm just blending in. Didn't you see me in the back? 
I was actually up there. Like the guy hit me with his truck. I <laughs> <laughs> I had the sign that said USA. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was me with the USA sign. What I was saying when I said uh, hit the gas and hang on over the road bumps, I was talking about like what the protesters should do to the guy in the car. I was saying that we should hit hit the gas and hang on over the road bumps. You know, it's about I, I'm with them. It's a metaphor. I'm, I'm the road bumps like are systemic racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He's saying he's saying the protesters should metaphorically hit the gas, you know, pedal to the metal. I'm for change like everyone. I want the protest to, to speed up, you know, <laughs> <laughs> accelerate. Yes, if anything, speed up. <laughs> um, and then there's, let me see, I had another article here that i was going to read part of it to you this is from the des moines register it's on the same subject it's about the sioux what was it sioux rapids there's so many like similar town names there's sioux rapids sioux city sioux falls and then you take the rapids you've got cedar rapids over here (laughs) it's just come on we don't need this many some of these towns need to consolidate into one with one name iowa town number one Iowa town number two. Yeah, just every town in Iowa, Iowa City. <laughs> Iowa, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I heard um, on, what's that IPR show with Charity Nebby? Talk, not Talk not, Iowa. Uh, um, fuck, I know what it is, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah. <laughs> she had this nerd on who knew the history of all of the names of Iowa towns, like how all the Iowa towns were, in, were named. Oh, okay. And this person said... There is no town in Iowa named after a woman. Even the town <laughs> of Paulina is named after the Paulina brothers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, just a fun fact. So we should take some of these towns that all have the same name and name at least one of them like Stellaville or something. It's time to make history. Name a town at after a woman. At least one. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I volunteer. I do want to say that the Sioux ones are named after an Indian tribe, so. <laughs> right, so maybe. maybe You're going to run into some problems with that. <laughs> uh, so I've got this Des Moines Register article, which is about uh, Tim Porter as well. This comes from Nick Coltrane of the Des Moines Register. Descendant of John Coltrane. <laughs> he, he spells it wrong, though. C-O-L-T-R-A-I-N. Oh. <laughs> So, unfortunately not. I feel like I'm misremembering. I spent a lot of years high, so I feel like I'm misremembering that (laughs) interview because there is a town of Pocahontas, Iowa, so I would assume that that's named after Pocahontas. (laughs) So you can cut out that (laughs) Well, maybe it's it's named after the movie, which isn't exactly named after a woman, but more. (laughs) Which was a Disney film. Yeah, so, a, a male-owned studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the headline that they chose uh, to talk about Tim Porter was, Iowa police chief says Facebook post calling protesters road bumps was a total accident. Uh, but there's uh, just a, a snippet here that I wanted to, to read from this one. Screenshots of Porter's original comment were posted on social media, where users encouraged others to call elected officials in Sioux Rapids, a small town in northwest Iowa, to report the comment. Uh, Porter appears to have deleted his Facebook account. Okay, so the journalists agree with me. 
Dozens of responses were posted to his original comment, including one accusing him of advocating for vehicular manslaughter and one defending him as, quote, a great police chief (laughs) 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 who has the right to his own opinions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dichotomy of small town Iowa life. (laughs) According to screenshots of the since deleted comment thread. Uh, It's just his opinion, you know, that people should be killed for standing in front of a truck. Okay, so there was a bit of a backlash against the city of Sioux Rapids. Messages left by the Des Moines Register at Sioux Rapids City Hall and with the police department weren't returned on Tuesday. Sioux Rapids City Council member Todd Railing, reached by phone, only said, I know nothing about it, before hanging up. Uh, in a statement attributed to the Sioux Rapids mayor and city council sent Tuesday afternoon, they wrote that an incident involving social media by a member of the police was being investigated and, quote, any and all disciplinary action deemed necessary would be taken. So basically, um, I mean, I saw one of the first tweets that was going around about this. Uh, there were a lot of phone numbers attached to it. So people were flooding the lines in Sioux Rapids. Again, a town of around 700 people had, uh, last time I saw it, the tweet had around 40,000 likes, so it was getting quite a bit of attention. Public trust and accountability are the foundations of policing, the statement reads. When an officer violates that trust, it is our responsibility to ensure that it does not occur again. We are committed to running a police department that respects the rights of every officer and every citizen and guest of our community. Interesting order. (laughs) Exactly. Even in the city's response to their police chief saying that a truck should run over protesters, it seems that their first priority is to respect the rights of every officer. (laughs) Well, they have the right to freedom of speech, too. It's his opinion that the truck should run people over. It's just his free speech. Sure, it would be a shame if this truck were to run all these protesters over he wasn't even nearly that subtle about it you know all caps hit the gas <laughs> he's he was thrilled to be talking about this um my favorite character in this whole drama is the guy who said police chief never knew him never would and hung up <laughs> <laughs> i know nothing about it <laughs> immediately hangs up that's gonna be like the most fun job for a reporter <laughs> When we know that there were a bunch of just angry social media people calling everyone in the city, (laughs) you definitely knew about it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's got to be the most fun job to just call people who like obviously don't want to talk to you and are very uncomfortable. (laughs) I mean, I would enjoy it. Oh, shit. There was something I was going to say and it's escaped my brain. Well, that's the show. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, guys. That's all, folks. Damn, what was I going to say? It was going to be so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Is he still a police chief? I don't know that they've actually taken any action against him. So as far as I know, he is. Yeah. Well, I had had one more thing uh, that we could talk about, but I think I'm going to save it again. I kind of, I told the listeners last time that I would save it for this time, but we managed to get over an hour with just the, the car stuff. Dude, I'm glad I don't want to talk about that shit. <laughs> the Joker is escaping justice. He doesn't again. deserve. He doesn't deserve our attention. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, you can just scroll through his Twitter page and uh, see him complaining like, oh, like now that everything is defined as racist, then you're just giving cover for the real racists. It's like, <laughs> bitch, you are the real racist. <laughs> Look at the rest of your timeline. <laughs> Dumbass. Anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, my whole my whole reason for tying all of these articles together is is just to point out, like, when a cop feels like he is being physically threatened, that warrants the death of the person he views as a threat. But when uh, protesters against police brutality and uh, the the more radical among them for police abolition uh, are threatened by somebody in a vehicle, uh, very there's you know the situations could be compared very directly. A larger vehicle, in fact, a more <laughs> more threatening vehicle, threatening several more people, uh, unarmed people also. That doesn't seem to warrant any concern at all from the police. They, in fact, make a statement about how, well, no one no one there contacted us about it, so <laughs> must not be a huge problem. Oh, shit, I remember what I was going to say. Okay, so, <laughs> so I saw two different videos of, the guy, of Boucher driving his truck into people from two different angles, one kind of from the front of the truck, one from the back. The one from the back... This could have been like a very deadly and serious situation. So it's like you're not expecting to laugh. <laughs> but right at the end, as he's driving away, the camera just zooms in directly on his license plate. <laughs> and it is such it's just such a funny moment. Just like the visual aspect of the camera just zoop <laughs> right right on his license plate. Like you know exactly who this guy is. He's very easily trackable now. Very fun. Please tell me <laughs> that it was a personalized vanity license plate. Nah, unfortunately, it was just the standard letters and numbers. Uh. But do you have an idea for what his uh, his vanity license plate could be? Mm. Let's brainstorm. <laughs> not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Evan's not touching that one. <laughs> it involves words that we can't say. Yep, bad words once again. <laughs> No place on this podcast. All right, so I think I think that's a good place for us to wrap it up. Uh, the cops only care about protecting themselves. They don't care about protecting the public. It's almost like there is a double oh, specifically standard. protesters. Like shit. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And uh, the way the Des Moines police. I don't know. Um, you've seen, but one of the organizers of the Black Lives Matter movement, Matthew Bruce, just got arrested mm-hmm. and booked over a criminal mischief felony charge. Yes, yes. Regarding the same protest at the Hy-Vee um, because right. a cop car got spray painted, which I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he did spray paint the car, but there is a shit ton of other people there and they're like mm-hmm. trying to cut off the fucking head of the protest, which, yeah. spoiler alert, is not going to work. Yep. That's exactly what they did in Iowa City with uh, Mazin. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I, I like I said, I don't think it's going to work. I just don't understand how they can see that, like, you're just pissing more people off. Like, you're <laughs> enticing more protests. You're not, this is not how you get them to fucking stop. If there's anything we've learned over the last few weeks, it's that cops are terrible at optics. Like, they just don't get it. They feel like they're so above reproach that they can feed us any kind of bullshit and we're just going to buy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it true that in Des Moines, the police have... High V logos on their badges. <laughs> uh, not sure about that. <laughs> I'm reporting that as fact. <laughs> Maybe the West Moines. 
That's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so in closing, rest in peace, Jacob Daw. Seems you had a troubled life. Uh, I'm sure you did some things that uh, that were problematic, but you didn't deserve being shot at 17 times by a cop. And in a more just world, you wouldn't be dead now. You would have received some help with uh, with your addiction problems and maybe some therapy to help you live your life in a more fulfilling manner. You didn't deserve what happened to you, regardless of whatever happened in your past. For the grace of God, go all of us. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And to Jeff Boucher, fuck you. I'm glad that <laughs> whack-off cum fart fired you. <laughs> um, I don't wish any uh, any physical harm to you, but, I mean, wouldn't blame anybody, you know? Um, <laughs> I hope you have a shitty life. Like, how dumb do you have to be to do a crime like that while like driving in your work truck like <laughs> wearing your work shirt did we mention that I'm not, i don't remember but no, none of the articles said yeah that he was wearing his shirt from the work and his truck i think it was a personal truck but it had like a sticker for the company on the back too nice so like what yep. a fucking idiot <laughs> you're done for many reasons many many reasons probably shouldn't be allowed to drive a vehicle anymore for good luck finding a new job public yeah. I honestly feel like he'll be fine getting a new gig. Like, yeah. I think he'll probably be taken care of. He's probably a contractor somewhere now. Well, keep it up, everybody. Uh, there's still a lot to be done. Uh, shitload of people got arrested in Des Moines. Uh, was that Monday night? Yeah, Monday night was pretty crazy this week, right? Yeah, it was Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, but yeah, they fucking kettled everyone and then told them to disperse. And then <laughs> when they weren't able to disperse because they're being fucking kettled, yeah. They arrested like 20 people. Yep, beating them up with riot shields. All that good stuff that we're gro- growing accustomed to yep. now. So if you have money to spare, uh, check out Des Moines Black Lives Matter and check out uh, Iowa Freedom Riders in Iowa City. They've got funds for you know medical supplies. And th- I think the bail funds are pretty well taken care of at the moment. Uh, so you may want to focus yeah. your, your efforts towards more like mutual aid funds and stuff like that. But there are ways to help, and it's it's not too hard to find them. If you need help, yeah. I'd be glad to help you. You can message the show on Twitter or whatever. I do think the I good thing about help. the bail fund is that it is like overarching like all of Iowa. Oh, so yeah. they're using the money like in all all over the, the state. Mm-hmm. And once again, if you are physically able and not uh, not a high risk for contracting COVID yourself, or not in frequent contact with somebody who COVID would likely have extremely adverse effects on, uh, I would recommend going out to the protest yourselves because the more people out there, the better. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Any other closing thoughts? Nah, man. All right. I'm good. All right. Thanks, Evan. And thanks, Stella, for spending some time talking to me tonight. It's nice to hear your voices again. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You're welcome back anytime as well. And thanks to everyone who listens to this. Your ears our our treasure <laughs> <laughs> that sounds disgusting i know i love i love it when i like start saying something and i don't know how it's gonna end yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that's did you did you mean to post that justin were you commenting on a different podcast right now oh yeah actually i was i was over here working <laughs> and i meant to say that on the other podcast um, also, also message me if you want Rock Hard Caucus stickers featuring the lovely logo by our friend Allie High. Yeah.
Now we have really hit all of Alan's hobbies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we have. All right. See you later. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Peace.